All right, welcome to the latest Concerts Consoles. This week, we've got Brandon... That's right. Fuck. I'm already messing up. Oh, no. Brandon, Brandon Kalen. 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 There we go. Kalen. <laughs> Landon. Kalen Lander. I'm so... I had that. I typed it. <laughs> hey, I believe you. From Stalemate. <laughs> Let's say that. Hello. Uh... Something came up, Ariel isn't able to make it, but still happy to have him here. Yes, glad to be here. Even if I can mispronounce his name. Kalen. Okay. It's been done worse, so. <laughs> I'm now trying to figure out how I put together the, that name. <laughs> they sound similar, you know, it's Kaylin, kind of a right. slant rhyme. But yeah, we're here, we had some technical issues, that's where my mind went. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Uh, we were originally going to play some Scott Pilgrim, but we're going to go... Take turns here playing Jet Set Radio Future, one of my favorites on the Xbox. Of course, if you want to support, head over to patreon.com forward slash every shoujo. And I think that's all the housekeeping for now. But yeah, <laughs> we've been battling technology all day trying to get this to work. And so now we're uh, retro on the Xbox. Yes, yeah. we're playing on an actual original Xbox. Though we don't have the Duke. Uh, <laughs> the, right. the, old, <laughs> the Duke controller. This one's a little more ergonomic, I think. Yeah. Oh no, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I never had an Xbox, but uh, I played my friends, and I always came home and had to ice my hands. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, it's usually just the thumbs you ice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that hardcore pro gamer. And then yeah, usually I start off asking origins, but I'm. I don't know how many people watching this actually listen to Nerdcore, because I group you guys in a Nerdcore. Okay. I know you describe yourselves as synthwave punk hip-hop. Synth, yeah, synth punk hip-hop. Which, Nerdcore's a whole other thing anyways. It's a, it's an eclectic bunch as it is, like... And there's definitely Nerdcore aspects to what we do, but uh, none of our songs are overtly about nerdy topics. There are references in them, but uh, I don't write songs about video games. Well, Nerdcore, um, it's kind of that. But that what makes it eclectic, like, uh, who was it? Uh, Schaefer the Dark Lord, mm -hmm. learning and listening to him on a podcast, because I would see He never wanted to be called Nerdcore, and it was a group of people that came to him. He's like, I don't fucking do this. Yeah. It's just hip-hop. Right, and, and you know, Schaefer writes a lot about a lot of different things, uh, a lot of sex and a lot of yes. uh, other topics. Like a dark villain... <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, we played with him a few times um, at South by Southwest um, on Ugly Fest. And, uh, That's why, why was it called Ugly Fest? <laughs> because the guy putting it on, or the band putting it on, were the, the Buglies. The, they were originally oh, the okay. Uglies, and then they switched it to the Buglies to avoid confusion with another band called the Bumpin' Uglies. But right. uh, it's an offshoot of South by Southwest every year in Austin, and uh, Shades for Dark Lord plays it. Um, Moody Black, Actually, Jack Talcum. Scoot over a little bit here. Hey, you're in frame here. Uh, yeah. Meg Ran is on it. And Cooley. he's another one that, reading interviews, he's just like, I'm a hip hop artist. Why? Mm -hmm. And he just kind of talks about wrestling and talks about some video game stuff too, but he tries yeah. to just life in hip hop and he got grouped into Nerdcore too. Yeah, you know, like, you <laughs> can't escape it. We're all nerds, so at least we got that going for us. It's, but, uh, who was it? MC Lawrence calls himself Lit Hop, because all it is is about books, or lit. at least originally. Oh, literature. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> Even though it is lit. It also. is lit. Yeah. And he's got punk origins. Freaking Shaper has, like, metal, hardcore mm -hmm. origins. Yeah. Like, that's what he explained on how he learned the whole DIY aesthetic. Yeah. But it, it's a genre that kind of 
forces some people into it. Right, and you know. Or at least into its classification. And if you tell Ariel that we're nerdcore, uh, they get really mad because Ariel doesn't like nerd culture. Ariel doesn't like video games. Uh, my drummer, Ariel of Snail Maid. Uh, yeah, so the whole nerd thing, they uh, take exception to. It's not a. As someone who grew up where I still kind of hit it, it's, it's not a negative, it's not a... No, but it wasn't, you know, uh, I think our age coming up, it wasn't celebrated no, the same as it not, is now. Not where I now have a Marvel movie every three months, and it's like, everyone's now a nerd. No, you're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now let's talk about that. Comic books, uh, God. I got accused of possibly spoiling a non... Well, it now might be a story in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I'm like, oh, this might be leading to a comic book and I made a post about it. And they're like, you know you're spoiling this for anyone who doesn't read the comics. I'm like, I don't even know if it's actually the story they're using. Right, yeah, you're just uh, <laughs> hoping that it might go down a certain path. Yes, the, the scroll invasion, the secret invasion. Mm -hmm. That was my speculating, which now kind of looks like I might have maybe spoiled something. I just but, am curious how they're going <laughs> to work around the whole reveal at the end of Spider-Man and now that they can't have Spider-Man in oh, that's the right. MCU anymore. Because that was all pretty... At least the good Mysterios in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a I don't know what, how long it is for uh, spoiler warnings. I was like, Jim, there's more I want to talk about. I mean, yeah, I'm not talking explicitly about the ending, but it was a bombshell and... J.K. Simmons? Yeah. No. <laughs> Now he's not going to be a part of it anymore. Really I do appreciate that though. I, that's not a big spoiler, but J.K. Simmons coming back and being I was pretty Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. I'm like, yes, thank you. Reimagined as like a hacky uh, internet. Yeah. yeah, which is what the video game did. Did you play Spider-Man on PS4? No, I meant to. That was their premise. They kind of modernized it, making him like a podcaster. But for whatever reason, Spider-Man listens to it. <laughs> kind of like an info wars type guy without the they're like watching the you racism yet. <laughs> All right, I need to collect ten spray cans. You got seven of them. They're like watching me do the tutorial when I was not paying attention and talking. Case in point, I was telling you that was probably better. We're switching. <laughs> right? Yeah. Then we can each have conversations of zoning out. Then what? People watching us. All right, go to the right trigger. Every single design you want to spray. Anyway, we're still going to do tutorial. But, yeah. So I, I do group you guys in the record, at least partially. I mean, it sounds like you even played with some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe that people, uh, you're not the only one to consider us nerdcore, and we've definitely played with some of our nerdcore friends, um, who I guess also slightly take exception to the, <laughs> the genre. Um, because nobody wants to be, you know, a one-note thing. Right. Um, we, we, the difference between us and a lot of these nerdcore acts is we are also, we're playing instruments and we're drums and right. you know, and a lot of the nerdcore things it's, you know, uh, rap and the beats. MC Lars did bring a, actually a band with him for a while. Nice. So, I mean, it's a weird, loosely applied label. Yeah. Because it, it is a beautiful. It is really eclectic. Like, there's so many different sounds to it if you go into what people call nerdcore. Yeah. Yeah, there's nerdcore punk, you know, all the... All but the, it, it was, outside of, like, Beastie Boys, who kind of blended punk rock with hip-hop, but mm -hmm. was the form of hip-hop I found that I could get into, because I'm like, I can relate to this, I understand what they're talking about. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, shit, this is rad. Yeah, right. And, but recently, thanks to actually 
some that don't call themselves hip hop, but Megaran, uh, T Call locally, like brought me to Open Mic Eagle, and he's not nerdcore at all, but he just raps about regular stuff, and you're like, oh, there is like just this subculture of hip hop that's like, I can get into this, it's not gangster rap, it's not. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, and I like Open Mic Eagle. I played with him with my old band uh, at the. I can't even remember the spot in Mesa. Or no, it was in Scottsdale. They used to do shows all the time. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Bar. No, <laughs> no it, was, it was north of that. It was a little bigger. Um, Electric. They would split. You could. They would split the room at all ages shows. They would put barriers down the middle. In Scottsdale. Yeah, like north, not north Scottsdale, but was it like gestures too? No. What's that, Thomas? Uh, oh, I cannot. I don't even know if that's still over. It's been so long. Roboy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Roboy. Nice. And Corn. My boy Corn. <laughs> I wish I could hear the music. But, but yeah, like, thanks to Megaran and Teak, I've actually also just expanded. Because Teak invited me to that one with Open Like Eagle and, uh, oh, was it Video Dave? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, there's even more of this, like, whole thing that's just like, stuff I can understand and relate and like it's hip-hop it's not nerdcore right yeah hip-hop's pretty transcendent at this point you can and that's what originally drew me into hip-hop is because when you're exposed to what's on the radio especially growing up you think hip-hop is one thing and then when I realized that lyrically Wu-Tang and yeah <laughs> when I realized that you could uh literally talk about anything in any song you can anything you want to talk about if you can put the words together you know it can be hip-hop um that and then as long as you're just good at what putting it together right. into a rhythm into a, or it sounds good <laughs> yeah exactly you know i was writing a lot of lyrics and i couldn't sing and so the idea of smashing more words together was appealing to me so i wouldn't have to try to carry a melody with my voice and then it, uh, and I discovered people who could do it really well in hip hop, and uh, so that was mind blowing. So that does kind of bridge me. So I, Snailmate, I actually discovered through Ariel because I sister lived, mm -hmm. and I think I met you working at Long Longs Tempe. Right. That's also that place will always be remembered because that's where I first saw Playboy Man, maybe. And yeah. speaking of bands that hate being called the genre, they're not. I thought they I'm like, oh, there's another ska band in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, besides horns, I wouldn't consider them ska, yeah. They're not, but that was my first impression. I'm like, oh, I got to make a note of this band. What are they called? Yeah, it's like, it's punky. <laughs> there's horns. Punk it's with horns. definitely easy to maybe think that they're ska, but they're but yeah, more nuanced. You were bartending. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I had seen you perform outside of... I was in a group called TKLB, and it was like a hip-hop. It was me and a DJ, and we were just doing like a kind of... Oh, was psychedelic hip hop thing. It was a straight cat. Scott called in you. Um, no, no. We not. definitely played there a few times for What the Funk Friday is. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Long Longs. That's where I met Ariel as well uh, with Sister Lip. And uh, I got Sister Lip to play every Monday because uh, that was my night to work and bartend and uh, book. So to make my life easy, <laughs> I just booked uh, Sister Lip on every Monday and let them put together the whole lineup. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Ariel really helped me out there. I and went through a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, and you know there was every Monday they really did Enjoyed it hard, it. except when they went on tour, and then they got back from their three month tour, and not everyone in the band was too keen on living yeah. out of a you know band. Going forward, 
that way. It's a lot of work, and I don't blame them. Um, and so when they decided they didn't want to tour anymore, Ariel still had the bug and had some shows booked. So uh, they recruited me, and we put some songs together. Which was, no, Escargo, there's uh Escargo was the first EP. That's what, okay. I am uh, thinking that. All right. And then it was Dine and Dash, and then Left The Waiters. Yeah, <laughs> The Waiter, that's the, we, we phased it out of our set list because everyone was requesting that. We're trying to, we're trying to reimagine it because. You guys are good on wordplay using the double. Yeah. I was going to say double entendre, the double meaning. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, I, I, that's one of my favorite songs. But when we wrote it for Snailmate, we kind of imagined it as an elevator song, which was a cool switch up in the context of an album. But now playing it live, it's incredibly boring for me. Uh, so we're going to try to reimagine it, I think. Where is my therapist? Uh, so, it, so she was she already attending the hip hop, like what the fun Fridays before you guys decided to put together Snailmate? Uh, no. Um, we, you know, we met at Long Longs, and uh, they had seen me. Uh, they had seen me perform with TKLB, and we're big fans. Um, okay. Because their drum teacher James Sharp is the drummer of Jackie's Descent, and we played a lot oh. of shows with them. And uh, so she, uh, Ariel was exposed to uh, my old band TKLB, and really liked it. Uh, so, and we got to the point where that's the only genre of music I could do. So when we decided to start a band, it kind of became hip-hop, you know, like it took on that. But they'd never even played a really hip-hop drum beat before, so I, I had to teach Ariel how to, not as a drummer, but like <laughs> show them what hip-hop drumming was like. And then they took it in their own direction, which has been really fun to watch, watch the growth. And it's still like kind of, well, the screaming makes me think more hardcore, makes me think, and then the synth will... You're on the synth. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of a... Uh, God, I was going to use a vocal. But a uh, filter, voice filters and stuff. Oh, yeah, the vocoder. This guy, right? There we go. <laughs> now we can also get into the game at the same time. But yeah, no, it's really fun and enjoyable. And you guys have a decent following. You did also just, like, jump in a van and go back on, like, you've been on the road a lot since I... That's pretty much... Unaware of Snail Me. Yeah, I mean, our third show ever was uh, part of a tour um, because Ariel had these uh, show dates booked up to a tour, a 420 festival up in uh, Denver and didn't want to cancel the dates and lose the contacts. So uh, we Snail grew together. Yeah, and so we basically were built to, to tour and we've been doing it ever since. And usually that's like... Uh, even before I was every show show... Following music, it just seemed like even work tour, just getting in a van and going on the road is the way to filter out who really wants to go on the road and live on the road that much. Yeah, you know. Not uh, have a steady place to live. And a lot of people think that they want to uh, and then quickly discover that they're not cut out for it in one way or another because it, it's, it's stressful, it's, it can be gross. Um, there's, you know, it's, You're not uh, eating. Well, you, can, you can kind of eat better, but it's still... Yeah, I, uh, after our first long tour, the first year of us uh, being a band and going on long tours, I lost like 30 pounds. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a change of lifestyle and change of pace. But I really like it. And then um, 
This year we started doing some international stuff. And you've been in Japan and just came back from Europe? Yep. And uh, that's super a whole other rhythm. Yeah, that was so much fun. I, I wish I was back there. But that's a whole other rhythm because you're not, we're not sleeping in the van like we do here in the States. So we're doing hostels and sleeping in venues. And, that definitely took some getting used to. Okay. We're in the process of figuring out where we're going next year. Um, Planning it out. Yeah. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Uh oh. It's the trigger I boosted. <laughs> There's only one set of triggers on these controllers. Boop. Oh, I don't know. some paint cans. This is what I get for not paying attention to the tutorial. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna when you hand me the controller, I'm gonna probably be struggling. Jump? <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that's the jump. Spray paint is on the right trigger. Okay. Boost is what I was hitting, which was B. Uh, and one of the things about Jets of Radio Future that I was saying before we started streaming is they got rid of the whole joystick movements of right circle, quarter circle, all that, and just kind of streamlined it so you can keep moving. In painting, the people complained about that. It seems that like the, a nice the purest. Quality. This seems like a nice quality of life. But the purest, because this way you can keep moving. Oops, that you keep in order. Right. The camera has not aged that well. Because you can't <laughs> control the camera, right? Nope. It just follows you. So I'm seeing the L. Saying L is coming up. You also use L. Oh wait, L can. Um. Actually, there is a way to grind. Realistically, it would be very <laughs> hard to paint that detailed whilst uh, skating that quickly. So maybe they were complaining about the realism. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is what you want in a video game. The realism. Oops. I let go of the trick. But yeah, I'm back to like, in Japan, I've had, I have a couple friends. One who did, a, he was an assistant English teacher. But uh, he was just like, no, you can say in hostels are clean, they're like, cheap. Yes. Like a lot of them were 10 to 20 bucks a night, which is like great. It's a more polite in culture mm -hmm. and hospitable. Yeah, never once felt unsafe uh, walking down, walking through like the alleyways with musical equipment in the middle of the night. Never once felt unsafe in any way. And unfortunately, that's not always something you can get away with here in the States. So, Tucson. Have you been to Tucson? <laughs> <laughs> At 2 a.m., you're like, there's no one yeah, on these streets. I'm confused. Yeah. Not even a bum. <laughs> Where is everyone? Yeah, it was. Uh, I I love Japan. I can't wait to go back. Just to go. Yeah. Is, is this uh? Is this take place in Japan? Yep. This is what. Well, Shibuya is in here. Oh, okay. Shibuya this is cool. Uh, I forgot the name of this hill. But yeah, Shibuya Station is in this. Nice. At least an artistic interpretation of it. Right, I don't remember that being so uh, crowded. Yeah. <laughs> or is nope. it? Okay. Definitely. We're playing on an Xbox, and I didn't even look at what the disc was like. We had some technical issues at the top. We were going to play Scott Pilgrim, but the PS3's, uh, it looks like the handshake 3HDMI is not playing well with the with the capture device. So, they had it. Oh, that's what happened. I'm like, why? Oh, so, Shane, they happened to have a nice Xbox. We dug it out of the box. I found a game we could play after working through some technical issues of working controllers. Dusted it <laughs> off, yeah. There's three controllers, only one works, though. So here we are. Which is why we're 
eventually trading off here. Yeah. So we're right. gonna play Burnout. And then make a new two player. So we jumped into Just So Radio. Which you're probably enjoying a nice soundtrack underneath. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. You can borrow I have both this and the original. I love this game. Did they ever port it to any other systems? Um, no. Wait. They released Jet Set Radio on Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network. Or Arcade or whatever they. Well, they should really remaster it for the Switch. Because that's what I got. And they're in bed with Sega anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or they're at least working with them to publish new Bayonettas, which we're still waiting on Bayonetta 3. Mm -hmm. Hey, what do we got? Let's see, so-called graffiti stuff? We can switch a character. Cool, huh? <laughs> but, so how did, so, which was the first international tour you guys did? Was that Japan? That was Japan, um, yeah. Uh, which was in May, I think. Yeah, May of this year. Which is super cool. And through some friends, right? Yeah, we uh, had a band um, that we met online, The Devils in Libido, and they uh, took us on their album release tour through Japan, and they are actually going to be here uh, October 17th. We're playing at the Rhythm Room, and then we're doing eight days up the coast, uh, California, like LA, San Francisco, San Diego, and Vegas, and Flagstaff, and then we'll be back on the 27th of the Yucca Tap Room. So we're getting them two shows in town. Um, and they're third here and then end here. Yeah, and they're really cool. They're super sweet people. Their music is really wild. They're drums and bass, and they are just super talented and freaky and just very unique. Uh, so hopefully people will come see them play because it's totally worth it. And they took such good care of us and would do so for anyone else who wanted to go to Japan. Which is super cool. Mm -hmm. And you guys have a, should have a good amount of people come out for you, right? Yeah, yeah, we've uh, been uh, <laughs> had some decent turnouts at shows. Um, it's always hard touring internationally and so much because we don't get to nurture the you know our following here like we would like to, but it's it's worth it obviously to go out. I mean, I've heard stories from friends in other touring bands, and I don't know if they want this public or not, so I won't name who it is, but their hometown, they end up getting booked on some super cool shows with some big punk bands, but they're always on the road all year, so the local bands are like, what the fuck? Yeah. They're like, well, we met them while we were in this city and this city, and we just happen to be good friends, and they're like, you want to come out? You want to play on our show? Yeah, uh, and the local crowd doesn't really know them because they're not there as much anymore. Right. Yeah, and that's hard. Um, there's a lot of times we'll come back in town and we wonder why we don't get considered for certain local things, but we're not here to foster those relationships with either the people booking the shows or the other bands on them. Yeah. Um, even though we know most people, it's we're not always on everyone's mind on a local level, um, which is understandable. It's a double edge. Because you want to do that to grow, right? Band. There are some bands, and some do it because they just they just have fun playing. But they don't leave town, so their fan base never grows outside of their friends and the bands they always play with. Exactly. Um, and I wouldn't trade 
touring for anything. We've met so many cool people out on the road, and uh, it's gonna be liberating. It is, and so many friends, and just neat places that we've experienced, and uh, so now we can travel almost anywhere in the country and have see friendly faces and feel at home, and uh, there's places we look forward to, whether it's taco shops and. Uh, unlikely places like Montana or a certain, you know. Uh, I don't just, know anyone that looks forward to Montana. Oh, uh, we love Montana. Even Peggy Hill didn't look forward to Montana and visiting her parents. Well, Peggy Hill was playing <laughs> uh, rock shows in Bozeman. I recently revisited all King of the Hill. Nice. <laughs> That's in my brain. That's so funny. <laughs> I think of Montana. It's one of our favorite places in the country. Um, there's a bunch of really cool towns there, and everyone's super sweet, and it's the weather's awesome, especially... You have to sleep in your car. Uh, Which is there a time of the year that you guys try not to book and tour, or is there? Yeah, you know, uh, like this year we went through the south, uh, south the south by southwest, and then visited Florida and everywhere else in the south during the March April months because it's not gonna kill you. Uh, we made the mistake of going down through there in July and the humidity and the, everything is just oppressive and it sucks. So can't sleep in your car in that kind of weather. Is that uh, more better? Is it more better? That's not right. That's not right uh, grammar. Uh, but is there a certain dyn dynamic way of doing it so you only hit certain places for certain times a year? So then visit like the south, visit the more humid places when it's cooler out. Exactly. Visit the north when it's hot out here. Yeah, so then we go up to become, Montana and all that stuff in July. Become a snowbird. Exactly. <laughs> I used to make fun of snowbirds being from Arizona, but I totally get it now. Uh, the weather, yes, yeah, so then when we're up in July, uh, in Montana in July, we can sleep in our car then. It's not too hot. and uh, But then once September, October hits, it starts getting very cold there. Thin Arizona blood can't handle it. What? You mean everything under 70 degrees is like freezing? What are you talking about? I know. It <laughs> rained a little bit in Germany and we're like, we didn't bring jackets. And so, it, but everyone, <laughs> conversely, everyone was complaining about the heat in Germany and we were laughing. We're like, what? Yeah. This is shorts weather. Here it is. Yeah. Then they make fun of us when it goes the reverse. Of course. <laughs> so then when you were, so no, like, uh, continental US, do you have your van? So, what did you do when you guys did you just rent a van while you were in Europe? In, in Europe, we rented a van, um, and I so I and I drove the whole time. So, I was driving on the Autobahn going about 100 miles an hour, which was a cool experience. Um, I can't I talk to him. What was the button there? Oh, yeah. that uh, trigger, right trigger, right trigger, that's just center. Or, Oh, there we go. It's also your spray paint. Uh, well, I'm glad you didn't spray paint it. <laughs> Waste it when yeah. you pick it up again? Um, yeah, so I we rented a van and drove uh, through Germany, which was cool. Because uh, we could do that at our own pace. When so we were, the roads aren't as crazy as all the YouTube videos suggest? No, the Autobahn, uh, once you kind of got used to the rhythm, it was super easy. It was super chill. Uh, there was, It wasn't stressful at all. And for a freeway that is not policed and there's no speed limit. I think I saw one fender bender the entire time. And we not drove policed? Uh, I think I saw one cop <laughs> the whole time. That's just like Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, they've got it figured out. There was no accidents or anything crazy like that. So 
they know what they're doing over there. When we were in Japan, though, we were either... Oh, no. I again, did not look at the disc. Uh, <laughs> well, we could barely even get the disc array open. Oh, so it actually might be crap at this point. Back up there. Yes. Um, we did mo when we were in Tokyo, we took the train to all the shows, um, and then when we went up to Osaka and Kyoto and Fukui, we got, uh, we rode in the van with the Devils and the Beatles. They had a, a van that they shared between all their different bands. What am I missing? That might be timing. <laughs> Just use your error. Well, that's cool, though. Oh, wait, because I think you or Ariel was talking about carrying stuff onto trains. Yeah. And trying to minimize what you had to carry on your back. Right, so we were, luckily in Japan, all the venues uh, have back lines. They all have pull drum sets and amps. And, oh, no. Uh, so all I had to bring was my synthesizers. Uh, so I used a keyboard stand at all the venues and plugged in directly. And then Ariel, all they had to bring was uh, their kick pedal because all the drums had, or all the venues had really nice drum sets. So we didn't have to carry that much besides those things and our merch on the trains, which was really nice. But in Europe, we had to bring our own drum kit and we bought an amp while we were there and a keyboard stand. And so we had a little more equipment. What am I missing? You know, why is it? <laughs> You're trying it. Is she just not jumping? <laughs> or it's our controller. Right? It's just I always blame the controller. It's never my skills. You just... <laughs> right, exactly. That's... <laughs> it's my timing. Yeah. I did it way earlier than I would have uh, done it naturally because of me watching the struggle. <laughs> That's probably what it is. I was looking for the edge and hitting the button and it wasn't... This looked cool. Well, this still looks cool. It does. I like. I'm cell shading <laughs> age as well. That's why Wind Waker is so good. Oh god, I love that game. <laughs> I can play that game anytime. So, did you have time to just explore Japan? And we had a few days off, which was really nice. Um, <laughs> if you hit pause, does was... he show up on the map? Uh, There's two orange dots. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. oh, there's only one way to go. Maybe it's like a time thing. Or, uh, um, in Japan, we had about... We played nine shows. We were there for two weeks, so we had about five days off. Um, so, yeah, we were able to spend some time... Gotcha. Hey. Um, so we were able to spend some time uh, exploring. We went to, uh, like... Uh, Harajuku and uh, Akihabara and really saw Super some, Potato? Yeah, saw some amazing uh, sights and uh, the shopping there was, was wild. I could have spent a thousand more dollars there, but... thousand yen? Ten bucks? Right, yeah. <laughs> Ish. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Um, and the food was incredible. So luckily we had time to explore and seek out some good food, especially Ariel. Um, has celiac disease, so they can't eat gluten, so we had to find oh. places that were gluten-free, which Fish, is right? pretty rare. There. Oh, and they're vegetarian. Oh. Yikes. So it's pretty rare okay. to find places that uh, Ariel could eat. Which is chosen? Which is chosen? Yes. Okay. 
Oh, I hope I won't regret it. I'm scared. <laughs> Trying to not be. That's a weird way to phrase that question. Which is chosen? Oh, you're racing him. That's what's happening. Oh. To, oh, to take over the the territory. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so finding food for Ariel is always a challenge. Um, but we found some. I can eat anything. And then do I exercise that ability. I mean, gluten-free is already hard enough. Had a former stepmother that was had that. Exactly. Um, like you can't even cook. Like egg is used to even just hold some things together and using a different way to put together. And they eat a lot of eggs, man. Yes. Left here. Yes, for me, yes. And you go faster when you're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no need for help. Because I was gonna say, my next question is: Did you try the McDonald's in Japan? Since everyone says they have weird burgers and weird... Uh, we did. Uh, <laughs> we felt a little subconscious about uh, going to McDonald's in Japan, but the thing about that is, here in the United States, McDonald's fries not only contain gluten, but they also contain beef. Because uh, of what they're fried with. Yeah. They use they use that oil for everything. Right. But in Japan, they're gluten-free and completely vegetarian or vegan, really. And so, uh, which Ariel was able to eat the fries there, and That's cool. so we took advantage of that because there was one right by one of our hostels we stayed at. And while we felt kind of guilty about going to McDonald's in Japan, uh, fries were there. <laughs> but we didn't go there very often. But uh, which also is a debate, by the way, oh with the Impossible Burger. Like you realize it's same grill as they use the regular patties, right? right. <laughs> he just knocked you out of the way. Yeah. And then I started doing some sort of breaking thing. I thought I was kicking his ass. You were kind of. Yeah. There's no progress on how far you are, is there? Yeah. No, there's no way it's to tell. Go up through there and jump. Theoretically, we'll get you past him. Using his own shortcut against him. Yeah. Oh. You caught up, you left, left, left. Oh, damn it. Breaking. Don't break. There we go. Joe, or that. <laughs> oh, B is boost. B? Yeah. Oh, now you tell me. Oh, uh, at the wrong place. Oh, no. <laughs> at the wrong place. I was doing so good. Uh, you yeah. try. Um, yeah, so the food was amazing. Arrows. Uh, struggled a little, little bit, but I was in. Is, is uh, fish not gluten free? Uh, uh, oh, but yeah, for vegetarian, yeah. For vegetarian. Oh, I was like, wait. I was like, because they do a lot of seafood there. A lot of seafood. And the, the seafood uh, flavor seeps into a lot of their dishes. So Ariel, by the end of it, even though they were not eating any fish, they were still experiencing a lot of fish flavor, and uh, they were pretty tired of it. <laughs> if I taste one more food with fish in it, I'm gonna freak out. Wait, did your clothes smell of fish? No. Nothing oh. like that crazy. But <laughs> Ariel still tasted more fish than they would have hoped for. But they were a good sport. Yeah, it was really fun. Alright, oh shit. Whatever. Let's go with Boost! <laughs> That's what I'm trying. It's not working. Grind. I'm just gonna grind. There you go. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, that'll work here. Yeah. Can't I boost? Oh, there we go. Nice. 
I would think it uses tended cannons, right? Yeah. Let's gain an advantage. Yeah, smoothly, like, the food quality in general, even at restaurants, is much better over there. And, and it's everywhere. <laughs> uh, there's so many restaurants, because all the restaurants seat, you know, maybe ten people. So, every street you go on has so many places to eat. And it is just... You know about their weird KFC fascination, right? And, yeah, we didn't eat at the KFC, but we saw plenty of them. It's a Christmas tradition there to mm -hmm. get a bucket of kids. <laughs> yeah. For funny. whatever reason. That's funny. Uh, we're going to see how horrible I can do this. Oh, uh, no. We'll just do this. <laughs> that's the, that, that's your, uh, my go-to. Yeah, nice my timing is off. i got to remember to jump sooner. Left, 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 left. Boost. And then you got to hit this. One rail at the end is where I fucked up. Because I told you how to boost. Yeah. <laughs> at the last minute. At the last minute. There we nice. go. Nice. We unlock the enemy takeover's territory. Nice. Eat. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, my parents actually had a, a foreign Shin student from Japan for a while. His name is Shinji. And so he was, I learned a lot about Japanese culture through him. Um, and then when we went out and played in Osaka, and Kyoto, he came in the vicinity uh, of Dogenzaka. So it was really cool to see him because I hadn't seen him in maybe five oh, years. Really cool. Yeah, so it was nice to see a friendly face out there. I have to say, pen pals, but nowadays the internet makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we were playing our last show um, in around Tokyo, and some people yo, yo, yo. came and saw us because they were from Arizona, and they saw the on the flyer said you were from Arizona, so they came and saw us play, and so it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, everyone was so nice to us out there. People bought us gifts. We got, like, uh, we're gonna fight the police. I like I it. I gotta spray them. Nice. Oh, wait, oh, okay. Uh, I'm like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> people bought us. Chopsticks with our names engraved. Uh, and cool. on them, and it was yeah, it was, it was really. Any fun tattoos? Uh, Ariel was trying to get a tattoo out there, but uh, we ran out of time. And I don't have any tattoos, but next time for sure. It's like, are they cheaper than here? <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. We'll report back. I'm not added to. You got your Mario and Zelda. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, was, uh, we're definitely gonna go back, so anything uh, you need me to report on, I can. Oh, uh, <laughs> Alright, it's been covered in. So we're gonna Shibuya next. But how do I get back? <laughs> now we gotta get back to our hub, I think. Now you gotta cover. I think if you pull up your map, it's just around the time. Let's go get that sparkly object. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's badly attacked. Okay. There you go. I think these are songs. Are they? Maybe. Interesting. There. There's a rhythm to this. I just don't have it at the moment. I'm so different. <laughs> there we go. Back to the garage. Nice. And in Europe. Wait, too. Oh, now I'm trying to keep my thoughts together. Right. It's <laughs> hard to do. What's my goal in this game? Oh, what was I talking about? <laughs> Who am I? Did you go to the Tokyo Tower? 
Did I see that? We did not. We we walked around a lot. We didn't do anything super touristy in Japan besides like the shopping places and uh, some right. things like that. Which like super potato I named rock, but I've heard that's uh, kind of been. We wanted to go to Tokyo Tower and we wanted to go to like uh, the robot restaurant, do some things like that. But uh, we had to stay pretty close to our hostel on our days off, and then the days that we had shows, sound check was around two o'clock. Do you ever play The World Ends With You? Uh, the World Ends. Oh, the game? Yes. No. Oh. That takes place in Shibuya. Okay. Yeah, so the days that we had shows, we uh, sound check was at two, show started at seven, so it was an all day affair. Um, so we didn't, those days we didn't really get to go out and see much of the Yeah, they just go back to the The poison dream. Poison dream. Freaky. Because <laughs> what? Uh, there's supposed to be a statue of a dog in what? Shibuya? A special statue? Oh. And I only know of it because the world ends with you. Oh, okay. It's safe. It's notable in that game. Next time we go, we're going to schedule some more time to, to do some sightseeing because we didn't get to do as much sleep. Also, how was the jet lag? Did you just the like have a day to be like, oh, uh, in, <laughs> on the way there, it was fine. Uh, the way back was one of the worst I've ever experienced. But like a week after our return, I, uh, my sleep hours were all messed up and uh, it was uh, a nightmare. <laughs> it wasn't as bad coming back from Europe. Oh. And luckily we got to do some sightseeing in Europe. We saw the Eiffel Tower and some stuff in France. The, the traditional? Yeah. Did you do any Italy? We didn't. We were just France, Germany, and uh, Belgium. Okay. Yeah, we were kind of scrambling to get the dates that we had at the last minute because the person who was originally going to book our tour kind of dropped off the face of the planet and screwed us over. After oh. we like, signed a contract with them and bought tickets and everything. Um, so did you give them any money? We gave them a little bit of money. Um, mm -hmm. So that was an unfortunate situation. So we had to... Ooh. Oh, jeez. Speaking of unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to pull it together at the last minute. And it was really successful considering. Um, but for next time we go, it's going to be a much better schedule that we're going to be on. Because now that we... Uh, we have a drum set there now, we have an amp there now that a friend of ours is holding for us, and we kind of have a, a feel for the rhythm of the travel there now, so I think next time we go it's going to be really great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Made a lot of good friends and connections. And I know an awesome photographer in Germany. Nice. Need a I met her through Authority Zero. Nice. She came out here to take photos of that when they played Punk and Drummer. Oh, that's cool. And he's really good. She's actually trying to get me to go over there. It's all a money issue. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get rid of some of my own personal debt. Oh yeah. But uh, plane tickets are not cheap. Like there's a three week stretch of like was it punk rock holiday, Graz rock, and another festival. Oh yeah. Like so it's the perfect time to go over there if I want to just go to punk festivals. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Just be there for three weeks. That sounds like, that sounds awesome. That's how long we were there. It's a good length of time. Well, then, so like, uh, what was Japan? Friends suggested like two weeks is pretty good. Yeah, that's about. We were at maybe two. But to two plan weeks. on having a day that you're dead to the world. Yeah, <laughs> the day that we got there, we checked into our hostel, and uh, the guy from Devils and Libido, uh, Taita, 
he was like, hey, come to the show. My girlfriend's playing. My drummer's in another band that's playing. And so that night we went and saw a show the night we got there. So that was a little intense. But it kind of forced us to... Acclimate? Yeah. And so the rest of the time it was cake. But coming back was a freaking nightmare. <laughs> I mean, you went back in time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we left at like four in the afternoon. You're, we know time. I know time travelers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it ain't fun. It ain't like the movies. What? I just saw Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker fly back, and it was like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they made it look easy. They're already cracking the case, mm-hmm. and then discovering a casino in Vegas. Yeah, Jackie Chan <laughs> has uh, a little more practice than I do, I'm sure. Right. One of the more notable Hong Kong residents. Mm-hmm. Other direction, I think. I think I've tagged most of everything. Does that show up on here? I don't know what those are. That must be. (laughs) So, just 3D. Got that going for it. (laughs) Game design has come off. You know, it's always evolving. The ease of convenience for gamers and the systems and the HUDs have improved greatly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Including camera control. Oh, yeah. It's, I've got a put it behind my back trigger on this game. The center, <laughs> the, the old center control. That's always. If happening. I hold it, it, seems to stay behind it. Yeah, not being able to rotate it with the right joystick is very strange. It's a luxury we once I got used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can take it for granted now. All right, what am I supposed to tag? What am I missing? I've seen a few of them. They're kind of purplish. Oh, they blue. Yeah. Right, keep going. <laughs> Grind faster. I think jumping and grinding speeds me up right now. There we go. Makes sense. Wait. So the, I see icons. But oh, I'm going to be as you guys going to Japan. I would recommend it to anyone if you can make it happen. It is an experience. Traveling in general yeah. opens up your worldview. It's, it's great. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, uh,. We're in talks to, it's more than likely going to happen. We're going to go to Brazil next year. Oh, cool. I'm excited. I know just went down there. We're going to just keep, our goal is to play everywhere. So we're South to, Africa. Keep going. If you name it, if there's a, North Africa. If there's a stage, we will play it. That's our promise. Thank you, getting it. That one didn't hurt. Uh... <laughs> Now I'm trying to find. You see anything? Uh, there's a bus to your right. Oh, over there. The ugly purple graffiti. Oh, I see. Why does it say M? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah, six more. I think it should all be right over there. It's the shiny thing that I have to figure out a way up to. Yeah, and then to the right. Um, also, this oh, there is some over there. That does confirm it's yellow. Those dots are the sprint now. Oh. <laughs> That's why you look both ways. That's right. <laughs> oh, so close. Did I get? Did I miss that one. I missed one. All right. Oh, our counter. We got three left somewhere. And there. So, two. Where are you? I think 
should be able to build it, if I recall from the map. I keep hitting the wrong button. There's <laughs> one just where you just were. That orange dot? The oh, there it is. Right. We're problem solving this. Then it's your turn. It's <laughs> <laughs> exhausting. So, you always did hip hop? Or was there any. What um, was like the first music you were doing? Before that, um, I got kicked out of a few bands back in the day. Uh, like punk, pop punk bands. Like every kid is in a pop punk band. You know, I've come to that conclusion. Like, Everyone is. Played in a punk band as their first band, and then they go whatever direction they go. Yeah, and I got kicked <laughs> out for not because I didn't want to sing like they wanted me to sing. They wanted me to you know, sing like Blank One Eight Two or something like that. I didn't want to do it. All the small things will break you apart. From you, the right. Yes. Oh, right in the street. Right there. <laughs> Boom. Um, and then I, I got kicked out of the band. I didn't want to do things the way anyone else wanted to do it, so I started making music on my computer by myself, um, making beats, writing stupid songs, and uh, it just I just kept doing it for myself, and I got better at it, and it got refined, uh, and then evolved into a more hip-hop style, and uh, it's kind of evolved naturally that way for a long time, it was just kind of like weird jokey songs, like they might be giants, but not without the musical ability. <laughs> without a full band. Right, yeah. I know people that have put together technically bands around music they composed entirely themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was kind of my goal for a while, and then uh, I was in a band, we were a pseudo band, um, but it was a DJ playing the beats that I'd made, and then me rapping over it. So... It was music I composed, but it was just being played, and then he added vocals and uh, scratching and stuff like that to it. Whoop. I think you ran into that bus. Yes, yes, I did. It was on purpose. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so now this is the first, technically the first real band I've been in where I'm controlling the music and everything and uh, collaborating with another person on a creative level um, with the drummer. Speaking levels, they appear to be above me. Or these things that I just jumped off of. <laughs> these track lights take you over. Oh. Yeah, See, that that's the real way to cross the traffic. Where did the poison jam They're go? They're up there. I'm not going up there, and I'm going to get hit again. Don't be playing traffic. <laughs> but yeah, I'm all, but my, you know, I enjoyed hip hop, but uh, a lot of the music I listened to uh, was like uh, doom metal and stoner rock and uh, a lot of like funk rock, but I never had an, an outlet to do it in a band that I played So instead, I tried to incorporate that the best of my musical abilities. I'm still learning the keyboards. I wasn't playing the keyboards until we started Snowman, so it's only hey, been really? about, yeah. So it's only been about four, four years I've been playing the keyboards. That's impressive in its own. Thanks, I've made some progress. <laughs> but all the only thing I know how to play, you know, are Snowman songs. Uh, I think I'm going fast enough. Where this, am I? 
Okay. Now, where oh, am I supposed to go? Up, then. <laughs> there there right. they are. Over. <laughs> no, there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm figuring it out. Kind of keep losing rap, and that's been a, that's been a struggle. But Nero has her headset. Uh huh. Yeah, and they, and they were never allowed to do vocals uh, in Sisterhood, so they were really defensive about doing any sort of backup vocals. And we were practicing one day, and I heard Ariel uh, do that scream. Apparently, they used to practice screaming in their room uh, to like metalcore videos, like stress relief. Yeah, they wanted to sing in like. Uh, like, uh, I don't know, I guess metalcore is the, is the genre, like, uh, metalcore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they had practiced screaming and never had an outlet for it, so that when they showed me, it was kind of like a joke, like, oh, and I was like, oh, that sounds really good, we gotta, we have to use this, we gotta do more of that, so, it kind of just happened naturally that way. And now uh, Ariel's doing stuff, doing some more singing stuff as well. Just trying to expand, playing the kazoo on this song, and trying to, anything that we can do where we don't have to add any other members and push it. This camera. Yeah, we try to push it as much as we can. Because we're just two people, but. I'm figuring it out finally. Nice. The only timing is the dumb jumps. <laughs> That's a preemptively expected <laughs> jump. Right, exactly. When you There's press the button. A little bit of lag. Or is that the controller? I'm going to blame the controller. I think so. <laughs> Feels pretty old. I mean, we had one that didn't even work. Exactly. <laughs> We're lucky that the A button works. It's like Sister Lip. Only what? Cassie's on. Cassie? Uh, She's the only one that's gone on to keep playing, right? Right. Yeah, the other two members are kind of doing their own thing. Uh, but yeah, Cassidy's um, joining or starting another band. I formally met them in LA, of all things. No, I was doing merch with them with Nomada. Oh, yeah. And then Sister Lip joined them at their East LA show. Yeah. I was like, where was I going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that is. I'm facing it, whatever it is. The blue thing. Oh, God, I just did the Nintendo thing you were worried about. Yeah. Button swap. And oh, oh wow, that motion blur is intense. <laughs> but yeah, that's where I formally met him. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Combo. Combo. Let's go into your video game history, though. What was the first video game you played? Uh, probably Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I grew up with Genesis. Genesis one. Uh huh. So the old the one that. A week from yesterday. Yeah. The mini is fashion after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I grew up with that. Um, me and my little brother played Sonic uh, all the time. I know. That was <laughs> so. That's what I grew up on. The Genesis, and then got a PlayStation, uh, and then I was pretty much PlayStation. So I never had a Nintendo system until I had a GameCube, and then. Then uh, now I have a, a Switch, which is mine, because um, I bought, which is great for touring. You know, when I'm doing seven months in a van, it's nice to have. It's like designed for that. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> um, but I had a 360, and, a, and now I have a PlayStation 4 that I got from my little brother. My little brother is into video games, and he's got a couple different systems, so he's let me borrow 
his old systems, and that's the only reason I was able to play a lot of things. Just because of him. Oh. Does that count? <laughs> uh, no. Probably not. It's hard to tell when it rails in the <laughs> Did I get it? Oh! <laughs> nah. There's nothing that tells me. It's very confusing. Without falling down, so I probably already had to start. So did the people around me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's my video game history. I'm pretty much stuck on And now you know, I informed you how there's no region lock, so next time you're in Japan or Europe, you can actually just purchase a game there if you need to. Right. Yeah, or, you know, if I want to buy certain games online, I just have to make a Nintendo account and say... I already have a Japanese account. Nice. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, so the, the Switch is great. There's so many good indie games that I'm kind of playing catch-up with. Um, I have some new ones. But, uh, and I bought it and beat Breath of the Wild. But for the most part, I'm playing a bunch of old, like, classic indie games that I never had a chance to play before. That's been really fun. So All right, you got this. <laughs> gotta pay attention. Jump. Uh, yeah. Oh god, that was oh. Yeah, failed. <laughs> Floaty. Very good. You have to watch it again. Now I can skip it. Okay. All right. Now, now we can cut through the. Here. <laughs> I got this. Man, Jet Set Radio. Now I'm like trying to think of where is my conversation at? <laughs> oh, so what's, what's your favorite game you're playing right now? Um, I just got Blasphemous, which is like uh, kind of a Soulsy Metroidvania 16-bit game. It's pretty brutal. You get to keep your currency. I saw that. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, what, my favorite game of the last year would be Hollow Knight. That was really great. That was challenging too. Uh, I managed to beat it, but I'm not gonna like run through like the pantheon of bosses or anything and the, the super challenges. I'm just, I'm just not a gamer. But, uh... Well, now you can practice on the road with the Switch. Yeah. Also okay. really good one that they did bring over here. I imported it, but Taiko Drum Master. Taiko no Taiko Yeah. That was a really good one. Nice. And then I'm playing... I need to beat Shovel Knight. I've been playing that. And I have they a, keep giving free DLC to that. Like, there's even more DLC coming free to that. I know. <laughs> and, and I've got, like, a whole backlog of games I need to play. Like, yeah, yeah. Axiom Verge and... Axiom Verge. Axiom Verge and Celeste and... Celeste is amazing. Yeah. Except that... So, speaking of free DLC, they put out mm -hmm. a whole other, like, level. Except I never went through eight. Because you have to get the, the, what do you call it? Gem hearts. And so. I did it. Yes, you did. But, but was I supposed yep. to land there? Yeah. Did that not? That counted us. Oh. <laughs> oh. You did everything you needed to before Woo. failing. You get rewarded with an upskirt. Great. 
oh yeah, it was Celeste though. So I jumped back in, I'm like, all right. Oh, I can't play the new stuff, even though it's harder anyways. Yeah. I have to still get two more of those crystal hearts, the gem hearts. Oh, okay, you got it. Like but that whole game is a, what is it, symbolic for dealing with anxiety? Mm -hmm. That's what I read, and I, I really want to play it because I definitely know those, uh, those feels. Which so, I played uh, the entire game not knowing that. <laughs> and then revisit, I've had to replay to try and get to those crystal hearts, and I'm like, oh, I see now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. But like I said, there's so freaking many. And uh, when I'm I when I'm not on tour, I actually play games less usually because I've got work and I'm doing other things. And um, so I'm trying to make time for myself to play video video games because it's really helping with my my own depression. So this might have to be the night of it. We've been on a black screen for a while. <laughs> we did. That was the final boss, right? Yeah, well, that was unlocking that character <laughs> in that area. Um, hmm. I mean, say, Night in the Woods was one that I played while unemployed and made me feel a lot better. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's another one. There's so many, and I unfortunately monitor the Switch eShop uh, for sales, so I've just got so many that I bought for cheap. Black screen. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a lot of games I want to play, and I'm really excited to do some more streaming stuff and uh, start creating some content with a local group, uh, Topless Robot. Um, oh, yeah, Ryan Shrimp. Yeah, he's a great dude. Um, so I'm going to start working with them on some content. So I'm really excited for that as an outlet besides music, you know. But music's still our priority. We have a whole album of music written, but uh, I'm struggling with the lyrics. So that's where I'm at. You got nothing. Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> Off camera, everyone's like, what's that? Go back. We'll see what happens now. <laughs> Everyone wanted to see the HUD of the Xbox, right? Mm -hmm. The original Xbox. This is what Wreck-It Ralph was based on. <laughs> it has an, uh, you know, a elegance to it, I will say that. Actually, the one Ralph goes into the router and Ralph wrecks the internet. Mm -hmm. That's, some people think that it was actually based on the boot up of this, oh. the green blobby mm -hmm. thing that he jumps into. Nice. All right, we're just gonna watch Blink's The Time Sweeper. This is this a trailer? <laughs> yes. For Blink? <laughs> For the, the... This was from the co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, is a funny thing, in his studio. The game was never the greatest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, its legacy hasn't uh, really survived. That's some nice water effects there. So it was that time when, yes, when Prince of Persia and the Sands of Time, it was like, I remember you that. can only do time stuff with hard drives, and Xbox has a hard drive. Yeah. Well, and now a lot of the... I, I think the Sega games, or at least some of the N Nintendo re-releases, they had a rewind feature on them uh, for the old... Uh, yep, and Nintendo added it, I think, to the NES stuff, and then it's already in the Super Nintendo stuff, mm -hmm. if you're a Nintendo Online subscriber. Right. But you just have to check into Wi-Fi, I think, it's every seven days. Which is another... Now I have a whole bunch of other games <laughs> I've never played. Like, I never played the original Metroid or Super Metroid. Original Metroid is a lot harder. 
Yeah, so there's so many games that I have to play now and just not enough time, and I really need to write some damn lyrics for this <laughs> album. So oh, I can relate to not the writing lyrics part, but the time management. Yeah, it's hard. Plus, I already I preloaded already. I have Link's Awakening preloaded on my Switch for next Friday when it unlocks. Oh, I know, I want to play that too. And I got Borderlands yesterday. And I've only sunk, what, an hour into it? <laughs> Borderlands 2 was the only game that I ever pre-ordered, and I remember standing in line at GameStop. I did save. For it. I think that's us. Let's hope it's us. It says a playtime. Uh, oh, 13. 13. Have we been streaming that long? Yeah, we might have. Yeah. Dust storm warning. What we get for being in a room without windows. Right. <laughs> we're cut off. Oh. Let's see. I actually once had, I don't know what I, in all the moving around, I once had a beat figure. Did we get combo? Yeah, so he did unlock. That's, that's cool. It's not the same. There we go. We can go see what the other area is. And then, trying to think what my normal bullet point conversation stuff is. <laughs> it's usually like, where did you start? What was your favorite? Your first music instrument? Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and cover a lot of it. How'd the band start? First band. Did you ever play the Stray Cat? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, that building is still there, too. I loved that bar. That was cool. It was so unique. You know, so many bars now are just kind of uh, a big square. Yes. And that one had a very uh, unique layout. And it had a smoker room. Yeah, it had the smoking room next to the stage. Yeah, I met a lot of cool people there, especially in the hip-hop scene. I think it's these buttons, by the way. I'm noticing delay. Or just it not working. Yeah. Registering at all. Come on. Well, they were analog buttons. This was a generation of analog buttons. Oh. Sony made it popular by, I think it was, was it DualShock 2? At least the DualShock 3. Even the press buttons were analog buttons. I think the original Xbox were, too. Because oh. Gran Turismo, then, the pressure you put on the A button. Was your acceleration? Oh. It's pre. We shouldn't use these trigger buttons for acceleration type of. <laughs> and I think what's happening is it's not registering the input as quickly if you're not hammering it down. Right. I'm trying to figure out where we should go for one last thing, for one last rambling around. What does this person want? I heard through the grapevine. Hanging out at the Rococo Del Heights. Sounds like a lead to me. Alright, how do we get to the Rococo Del Heights? <laughs> um, wait, what's that say? There, there it is. Dead ahead? We'll go that way. Now, probably don't want to fall. It's because it's probably over there. Where's the bridge? So, what was your favorite Sega game playing? And are you picking up that classic? I will not be picking up the classic um, just because of how rarely I get to sit in front of a TV. Um, I would, I, if I were to do anything, I'd get like a Sega Classic Collection on the Switch. Um, although it's really tempting because I loved, you know, my old Sega Tower of Power and everything, hooking games in through like uh, Sonic and Knuckles and the whole stack, and then you can buy. Well, we all expected Banjo Tooie to do, and it didn't. Right. Um, <laughs> I was like, maybe I'd get a Sega, but I, I just don't. 
hardly have time for. There's so many things I haven't done. Oh, this is also one of the nicer looking areas. Um, but so the Sonic games were some of my favorites. You know, Sonic. which one? Sonic Two. Sonic Two, which is, is great. most people's favorite. Um, I really like Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles. Did you play Mania? Uh, I did. I played some some Sonic Mania. I didn't beat it. It's really good. Other than it's. I was expecting all new levels, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of, but oh, it's kind of a remixed Remixes, version of yeah. it. That was with cool. an awesome remixed version of the sound, also. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing was neat, and I, I really think it's cool how some of these bigger companies uh, are embracing indie developers and yeah, and their lineage, like uh, Nintendo allowing you know a company oh. to use their IP with like Cadence of Hyrule, which was awesome. Some shit like that. And then I jump back into, um, okay, what was the original game? Uh, uh, the Tomb of the Necrodance? Crypt of the ne Necrodance. Crypt of the Necrodance. Yeah. Yeah. And realize it's so hard as hell. Yeah. That's another <laughs> game I have that I need to play. And then, you know, with the Sonic Mania thing, it's uh, basically those people were hackers making their own yep. Sonic levels with ROMs. Uh, Whitehead. Was it Ryan Whitehead? Yeah, and so Sega, you know, reached out to them, which is, you know, Unprecedented. Uh, Which so I think that's for the really test cool. subject. Brian Whitehead, I think it was what it. But his test subject was that he had created some kind of good emulation of it on phones, and they're like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. This the Sonic Mobile ports were all based. I on think that. this is telling us we should stop. Right. <laughs> there is nothing on the screen again. And then I really enjoyed like uh, Vector Man and Earthworm Jim. God, Vector Man, Vector Man was cool. Was I got further as an adult with Earthworm Jim than I ever did as a kid. Very difficult. <laughs> Everything was difficult. Uh, so the fact being able to maybe revisit them with a, a save anywhere and a rewind function uh, is definitely tempting. Yeah. Oh, but it's cheating, right? The purists. <laughs> yeah. As an adult, or. I mean, I think, back, I think we can start ourselves. Back in the day, you know, I, I had a game genie, so I mean, you could do a lot of crazy cheats with that. But also, time is minimal. Yeah, I think it's also just because doing your passion project, you're using time for that. Mm -hmm. I'm doing mine, I think. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, wait, I still like playing video games, but oh, I gotta spend. I need to work on those photos. I need to. You're, I feel like you're pretty good at multitasking. You uh, do a lot more than most people. Thank you. It's commendable. Uh, I still have more that I want to do is crazy. <laughs> yeah, same here. And it's, it's hard. It's the biggest enemy, at least for me, is myself. Just, you know, getting I motivated. I feel like I've experienced that more with once I embrace doing photography more. Yeah. Where I'm more critical and it's in my own head. And being like, no, this is awesome. Why am I thinking this is a negative just because they didn't share this picture and they didn't. Like, no, it's good. Whatever. Right, yeah, it's all part of it. Like, the up and down of it, of just putting out art in some form. Exactly. And waiting for the up and down of the criticism or the praise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it can definitely, you know, if you don't feel like you're being appreciated, it can lead to some pretty, like, toxic loops, you know, in your head. And it's, it's hard. Usually to... it's more just, I think, they're busy too, and you're just like, they just probably didn't see it. Right. And you're here holding it yourself critical against, or I'm holding myself critical against. I'm like, why aren't they like liking this post? Right. I, I've spent a lot. I thought this was one of my best photos I've ever done. I know. It's, <laughs> I'm really trying to spend less time on like Facebook and Instagram. But it's then, healthier. It, yeah, and I feel better. But then when I see that I've missed things, 
especially relating to like my band, I feel bad because it's like I'm supposed to. There's some people I noticed, and not to take away from what they do because I appreciate it. There are a couple musicians that I noticed they will personally just go through their hashtags and just like everything in it, mm. which makes people feel appreciated. It's awesome, but then. It's probably because I'm paying attention to it so much that I'm noticing it, but I'm like, I know what you're doing. It's hollow, yeah. But at the same time, a lot of people are like, that made their day. Yeah, it's true. And I'm like, this is really cool of you, even if you're not taking as much time to be like... You couldn't quiz them on it later, you know? You saw my photo, right? No. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for liking my thing. (laughs) And they're just like scratching. But at the same time, not a ton of artists do that either. Right. So you're like a Chris... Actually, I'll, I'll name drop. Chris, number two from Anti-Flag, he'll do that. Okay. So, usually if you hashtag Anti-Flag on anything, or at least, or maybe I'm not posting something horrible, but he'll like that post at some point. That's good. And it's like, cool, he's actually paying attention. Yeah, you know, every once in a while I'll do a search uh, for, you know, snail mate on, you know, Instagram and stuff like that just to see, and then I, I will like it and follow back whoever I need to and... You know, just that kind of custodian. But yeah, thing. not taking it personal. The other thing I've learned is stop comparing myself to people on Facebook. That's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to do. But stop comparing. A, yeah. That's in good. general, and that brings out more of a positive where I'm like, I'm still living like my best life ever. I don't know why I'm feeling down because I'm not at Disney World like them. Exactly. Or I'm not at the, let's go Star Wars Galaxy or Edge, uh-huh. of, right. Edge of the Galaxy. Like, shit. That's tough. I see, <laughs> you know, touring bands will come through and then, like, the same local bands get picked to open up for them or festivals will come through and it's certain local bands get picked on it and it's very hard to not be like, why aren't I on that? Like, it's a bit... And it's... I, I do it a lot. And I, uh, so I've been trying to get better about that. And usually the best thing for me is to just ignore it altogether. Yes. Well, Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing I also had to figure out is like there's doing concert photography it's a crowded pool. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, same with being in a band. It's, when, you know. Which that has been something that I wish I could apply the rest of my life. I've noticed in the last or Pat probably I had this conversation with Pat from Reason Unknown maybe it's five months ago but I started realizing I've started to let rejection of like I didn't get a photo pass like just fall off me like whatever. Good. But I can't apply that to asking a girl out or I can't. It's like, shit, what if she says no? Right. I'm still like, feeling like horrible <laughs> yeah, or worried about it. But I've started to f- realize that. I've started to compare myself less to people on Facebook. Right. And I've changed, and this hopefully this is helping this. I know this is like myself, talking about myself, but uh, I used to engage in more political discussions. <laughs> and I realized reading them and watching it, all I did no matter if your purpose is to be like spreading more knowledge or telling people just look up this trusted source or just open up your view a little bit that it always brings negativity it's depressing and so I've stopped engaging and really spreading political messages I've decided to spread enthusiasm about things that I'm happy about and excited about and hoping that rubs off on people more that I'm excited that I was playing Borderlands 3 yesterday spreading that kind of stuff good I've decided that Spreading healthy. positivity is healthier than, even if I'm, like, I'm personally not ignoring some of the shit that's going on in the world, but, but engaging with it and bringing it out of people, yeah, it's like the most negative thing, toxic thing I've noticed. Right, and I mean, 
And Facebook magnifies it. Yeah, yeah. And and you having an opinion on it and voicing your opinion, it really does nothing to change the issue at hand, you know. And so it just sometimes it's better to not be ignorant about it, but to, yeah, just keep it hand to, yeah. to yourself. And Hands do. off. You can have your opinion. I have my opinion. I'm willing to mold my opinion if you give me a reasonable reason or source. Most people aren't reasonable, but. though. <laughs> It's that, really, that I've also learned. People it's, just... It's really hard to have a civil discussion about politics with someone who doesn't agree with you. And I thought, since it's moved into Facebook, because it used to be ambiguity, you have your username, they can't tell who I am, that people were shitholes for that reason. Yeah, But, but instead, even with their real name mm-hmm. on Facebook, tied to their real Facebook, yeah. they are still talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> and holding... I'm like, this is just denigrating and dumb. Yeah, it'll never change. This, this did kind of degrade off of... But yeah, I mean, it's the photography thing. It's kind of an up and down. And I actually took a week off because it was an awesome, like, two weeks of high. Like, also being super fucking busy trying to get all of it done. But, like, shooting real big fish and blowing for soup and teenage bottle rocket. and Actually, clowns are fucking awesome. Uh, just, like, a series of, like, I got accepted to do all these. And it's like, shit, I need to do it around my day job. And then the high of... Mostly everyone that engaged with it giving me really positive and I'm like this is awesome and the fall off I'm like yeah not everything's gonna be like those two weeks I know yeah, <laughs> yeah when, when it rains it pours and it's great but then yeah then once it slows then, down you can't take that personally and I've know? gotta realize that the down is not because I'm going and being sad it's just because this was such a high that what's normal is not that level totally which yeah. I'm sure goes with your touring and goes with post tour like, depression is a very <laughs> real thing where you're like this was amazing and now it's, oh that's my yeah this is what life normally is yeah now <laughs> I'm back at work which I'm very grateful to have a job that allows me to tour but you know, which is the other touring artist's dilemma yeah because that's why uh, I keep using Suburban Legends but they're the one that I personally had conversation with about they, they stopped doing tours because and it's probably worse as a ska band than just two people, but Brian is like half of our band. We'd go out for like three weeks, come back, they need they need jobs, they need income. Mm-hmm. The money we made on the tour does not supplant the bills and stuff they have to pay once they're home. That's hard. And that's the other thing about touring is talking to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people uh, between feeding everyone and lodging everyone, you know, Ariel and I are lucky we're both very willing to sleep in the van, and so we're not spending money on hotels. Yeah. We're willing to eat cheap. Also, a van with two people is probably a lot more spacious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I know just tour itself can be very financially straining for a lot of people. Um, I had another band from Vegas tell me, he's like, if I didn't have a wife, kids at home, and I could just tour, this would work perfect. Mm-hmm. But I do. Yeah, so gotta feed <laughs> I gotta go home. I've gotta remember. I got a job to go do. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I said the who is it? Some kind of nightmare. Molly and Shy. They're married too, but like they make it work. But they live on the road branch all year. Yeah. Even though technically San Diego is their home, they're constantly just on the road. Yeah. And it's enough to make ends meet and feed and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, and you have to go very minimalist is what my lesson is from that. 100%. Unfortunately, the music industry is broken. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's designed to break you down at every every turn, and uh, there's so many it, it, signs that 
really kind of tell you to, that this isn't what you should be doing and you just gotta if, if it's what you love you gotta ignore it that band from Denver or did I say they were from Denver but the band I mentioned earlier where they were talking about how they got on big bills at home because they met people on tour because they were on the road so much and the local bands were like who the fuck are you and how, why are you on this show and we're not right they've talked to me about how it can be brutal just even dealing with venues promoters just trying to get paid. Yeah. Yeah, and everywhere's different, especially if it's somewhere that you haven't been very often, you know, like they treat you like you're yeah. an outsider or you're, you know, you're, and you're and if you've never been to a place before and you don't have a huge following, you're not financially viable for a lot of venues, so you can't expect a whole lot. You right. know, the fact that they're giving you uh, a place to play and sell your merch and hopefully a cut of the door and some drink tickets, like, you, you gotta be grateful for it because it, if you're not and a strong, famous band, you gotta be strong. Yeah, we'll put up a little wall. Yeah, but they, but he's also appreciative that they've done enough touring now that they go to like you were describing your stillmate. You have they have bases now of people that they always see when they go to certain towns and cities, and yeah. like it's so awesome now that they've built a community around the country at the same time that they still occasionally have that shitty bar owner that. They have to fight with for any money. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 all up, <laughs> it's all ups and downs. But I I mean I wouldn't trade it for anything else. And I let some bands stay with me. I understand. Yeah, we just had a band from uh, Brazil play here on Thursday, and they stayed with us, and it was really great uh, talking to them and getting their experiences. And I can't wait to go out to their country. And all the ties. Make sure. Uh, God, what's the right analogy? <laughs> like uh, Tim Holhouse was telling me how he got screwed over so he came through with an awesome friend of mine that I'm now spacing on his name <laughs> I can even see his face Fuck. Uh, but he originally had someone come over to the UK and Tim was like cool I'll help you and then you can help me when I go back Yeah. and when it came back to alright I'm going to the US you guys ready what no they backed off Bradley Palermo they were just not not the horrible group but Bradley fucking did do that he actually returned the gesture that he went over there Tim helped him and he brought him with him around the US and that's super important um, we've been we've learned to be pretty wary of a lot of bands uh, in the United States you know who come through Arizona and they you know tell us that they're gonna help us out when we go through their town and then when we need them and they're not good it's crickets and it's it's really unfortunate and it's the exception, which is good, but it still happens. Because most experience the same experience, so they know how shitty yeah. tour life is, so, so any help is help. It's so disappointing <laughs> when you go out of your way to book a show for someone who you've never really met, and then when you need them, that they're not there. It's a bummer, because we're all in this together, whether it's in the music scene or just uh, humans, you know? That's part of the problem. It's the human problem. <laughs> we're all different, and we all have our different... Oh, yeah. And I get it, you know? Sometimes my anxiety is way too high to talk, and I feel like I should play Celeste. Yeah, I'm gonna feel like like Super Meat Boy, right? Um, I never played Super Meat Boy. I wasn't. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. Sorry, I interrupted that. Um, But but sometimes I'll be, you know, it'll be a certain show, and my anxiety will be so high that I don't, I'm not talking to a lot of people during the night, and then I feel like I'm being an asshole or like a pretentious band guy who wants to sit in the green room. But you know, it's. (laughs) A lot of times it's an anxiety thing, and I, you know, I hate for that people would think that I'm like not a friendly person because I really go out of my way to be 
95%. Keith Morris in his own book, not saying you were an asshole, but he says, he tells everyone, I think it's the last chapter, where he's like, everyone has a bad day. Don't hold it against them. Mm-hmm. And that includes musicians. They're humans too. Yeah, it's true. Just because one bad day had gave a bad experience doesn't mean the dude's an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, being on the road is very stressful. Sometimes you don't eat or sleep as well as you might want to. And it, all those factors can contribute to everything. Yeah. Oh, I know about that. I know about that because of my time at GameStop, which I have not. I don't know if I. I did divulge on this with another podcaster. No, I'm thinking about it, but yeah, I learned all about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And sometimes, yeah, I don't want to uh, uh, like socialize because I'm maybe I'm self conscious because I haven't showered in a few days. You know, there's all sorts of things with being on the road. Where it's just like I'm just not in a good place to be like talking to a bunch of people, and it's it's unfortunate because I really enjoy talking to people. So now you guys know. Approach him if <laughs> even if he seems. Off in the corner. Yeah, approach me because I'm not I'm not the one doing the approach. But you're even bartending now, and it should help, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That always helps. But again, that's people approaching me. If people come up and talk to me, I love talking and I'm very friendly. I just don't go out of my way to talk to new people because I'm scared. It, that no, I I completely relate to that. So when I started doing this every show Joe thing and it's still kind of underneath it. I was more just going out to relieve myself of stress, which was music. I didn't know anyone. Right. And it was people that came up to me going, I've seen you like three times in the last like month. You're What's at your every name? show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, it was me more just putting myself out there to be like, no, this is for my stress relief. This is for, and it just happens to be music and people and people yeah. wanted to talk to me. And I still have some of it. And I've noticed it a little bit more. I've cut back on my drinking. More because I feel better, not for any other reason. I've been going to the gym more, that kind of stuff, and I just feel better, so I don't feel like I need alcohol. But right. then I'm like, all right, it so now this is different yeah. oh, I know. without having that. For, for the longest <laughs> time, being out and being at shows, it was I was drinking a lot and doing drugs, and it was I was like, and now it's like, why do I have such a hard time talking to people? And I realize it's like I was... It's definitely changed in, the uh, way I put together my conversation and my sentences and my thoughts. I'm like, wait... Oh, I'm usually like a little more relaxed. Okay, mm-hmm. no doubt. But it, I completely understand. I still have that. Like uh, last nightish, I knew like five people, and then I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna. S-. And I'm getting bored looking at my phone. I don't know what that means. Right. But I'm like, I don't really want to look at my phone. I'm like, well, what am I gonna do? I'm not drinking. I'm not <laughs> yeah, it's tough. We're all navigating. And I'm not gonna together. talk that dude zero just because I know Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> Who was drinking, so he probably would have not cared. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I completely relate to the. I still have the social anxiety, which surprises people. They're like, "You're you're everywhere." I'm like, "That does not mean yeah. I got rid of some of my neuroses." No. <laughs> and I yeah, I feel like it just gets worse as I get older. But uh, I just kind of work with it. Yeah, that's all you can do, right? <laughs> that's my approach to it, and just hope for the best. Then still subscribe, just don't be a day. Yeah. <laughs> Worst case, I'll just be over here. You exactly. want to talk, I'll still talk. I'll be receptive to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, like you were saying. Yeah. It's more, I'm just like, I don't know what to talk about. I'm just going to hang out here. Right. That's <laughs> why the next man. That's why I don't approach people. But I'm more than happy to talk to someone who wants to talk. So, yeah. Yes. 
So approach Brandon. Oh, God, I did that again. <laughs> Kaylin. <laughs> Kaylin. Uh, I'm horrible with names over learning. Right, Ramon? <laughs> uh, actually, they have a Caleb here that I kept calling Kaylin. Oh, nice. So that's even funnier that I'm now mispronouncing or forgetting your name occasionally. That is funny. <laughs> it happens. We got to figure out if there's a dust storm warning anyways, and I think, got it. We're probably an hour and a half. Yeah. So, on that fun, serious note, that you should always approach us and talk to us. Damn right. And plus, go listen to Snail Mate. Speaking of, where can they find you live coming up? Um, live, we are playing this Wednesday at the Hyperion Tavern in Los Angeles. So, if you're listening to us before, God, what does it say? It's the 14th of, of September. Yeah. So. so, September 8, 18th, we're at the Hyperion Tavern <laughs> in LA. Um, and then uh, we've got some other things happening. I don't remember what, but October 17th, we're at the Rhythm Room and uh, with the Devils of Libido <laughs> from Japan. And then we're going on tour with them. All our tour dates can be found on our Spotify or our Facebook or our website, snailmate.com. Uh, it's snailmate, one word. Um, and then we'll be at the Yucca Tap Room on October 27th at the tail end of that tour. Let's go check out their awesome music video, which I didn't even touch on that. Yeah. You started doing more with video work with yeah, the last music video. Yeah, trying to do some video. The... I got a green screen. It's the, the laziest man in the world. You can find <laughs> it on our Facebook or uh, YouTube. So. Were you physically spinning for that, or did you spin the camera? I uh, <laughs> it's edited it in post. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a, a video trickery, for sure. I was like, did they just set up a chair and sit on the floor and just rotate? Uh, <laughs> no, we weren't that inventive. It was like, all right, figure out how to do it in the editor. But that's awesome, too. Thank you. We, uh, we all have things we want to do. I still want to make an indie game. Yeah. My day job's a programmer. The I should be able to do on. this. Yeah. <laughs> Just need the time, as no, always. No kidding. But yeah, let's see. For me, of course, thank you, SCR, for hosting. Awesome to have a home. That's not my apartment for this. <laughs> and people like Ramon that can do yeah, yeah, yeah. better sound and do stuff for me that I don't have to actually be at the board anymore. The old episodes were my wireless keyboard. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the side of there's a lot to plug in for sure. Um, also, of course, we want to support. A couple of things you can do: subscribe if you're watching live on Twitch, or if you're watching on YouTube, or the podcast services. Which now I'm on Spotify, so I know what fractions of a penny are. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I'm not a record company, so I'm just getting fractions of a penny, I guess. But yeah, so yeah, you can also listen to the audio version on podcast services. It's on nine of them. It's Anchor.fm. Especially every show, Jerry, you can see all the locations. But yeah, I'm so happy that now I'm on Spotify for the hell of it. Woo. At least more people can hear it. Uh, support money-wise, patreon.com forward slash every show, Joe. Even a dollar, that goes far. That helps. Anything helps, really. Uh, even for equipment, like that PS2 I need to get a working PS2. I have like a collection of like 90 games that are now like sitting in limbo because I can't play them on the stream right oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I think that's everything. Next next week I'm taking off because there's an awesome event that you should all attend if you are in Phoenix called the Indy 500 at the Trunk Space. That's where we're playing. We're playing there that too. <laughs> I forgot. It starts at 4 o'clock on Friday and they play five songs per artist, musician, till they hit 500. It's fucking rad. I think we Goes play through the night. at 5 o'clock on Saturday. PM or AM? PM. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Speaking of playing through the night, it could be either. Yeah. So sure. it's one of my 
favorite events in Phoenix. So I'm taking next Saturday off to be able to attend when I can. I'll see you there. Yes. Actually, if you're playing Cloud, you should. Yeah. And then I'll go to whatever I was planning to go to that Saturday. I don't even remember. I'll think about it when I get there. But the following week, we got Broloaf. So the East Coast Hardcore Bro Parrot. Well, I don't know if I'd say parody. Satirical mm. band. They will be here. One of my favorite locals. Ooh, I don't even know if we're playing on that yet either. We've got to make sure the PS3 work. works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's all my housekeeping. I always forget something. Oh, keep up with me on social media. Every show, Joe. As everything, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter. I even have a TikTok that I don't use. But <laughs> <laughs> I registered it, so I have every show, Joe, on it. Smart. And everyshowjoe.com. You check updates on there, too. Plus when these go live. And now I think that's all of it. So until two weeks from now. You guys take care. Have fun. <laughs> Be nice to everybody. And thank you. Be kind.